Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. I'm Lauren LaSalle, and I'm a licensed therapist, highly sensitive person, and HSP coach. This bi-weekly podcast covers information and tips relevant to HSPs, as well as interviews with HSPs and their loved ones. My hope for this podcast is to create a feeling of community, be a supportive place for HSPs, and normalize our experiences as highly sensitive people. Thank you so much for joining me, and let's begin. Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. I'm Lauren, and today my guest is Jessie Michelle Agadoni. Jessie is a sensitive health guide. Her purpose is to help sensitives cultivate success without succumbing to constant overwhelm, anxiety, depression, autoimmunity, or any other body imbalance that could prevent them from having the impact they are called to have on this world. Her practice, Merfleur Wellness, and unique, authentic, calm method teach sensitives how to rebuild their calm and resiliency to create sustainable health. She deeply believes that if all sensitives live in alignment with their sensitivity, the world will be a much more beautiful and peaceful place. Jessie shared so much knowledge during our conversation, and I had a great time talking to her, and I will put all of her links in the episode notes in case you want to get in touch with her or learn more about what she does, or listen to her podcast. Before we get into our conversation, I have an update to share with you. You are probably aware that I am a general coach for HSPs, but I have decided to make a slight shift into being a boundary-setting coach for HSPs. Boundary-setting is my favorite topic to work on with clients, whether they are coaching clients or therapy clients. And I've also done a ton of work on it in my personal life, and I've been thinking about making this shift for a while, but now just feels like the right time, and I'm really excited about it. I just love working on boundary setting. I also wanted to let you know that due to multiple requests, I finally started a Facebook community for HSPs to connect, share, and support, and I will put that link in the episode description as well. It's a private group, so only group members can see the conversation, and I would love to connect with you there. As always, if you have any ideas for episode topics, if you have any questions for me to answer on the podcast, or if you would like to write an email sharing your story for me to read on the podcast, you can email me at lauren at laurenlasallecoaching.com. And you can find out more about my coaching program, as well as resources and links to my social media by visiting my website at laurenlasallecoaching.com. All right, here's my conversation with Jesse. So what was your experience like discovering that you're highly sensitive? Oh, such a good question. So for me, I always knew I was different. I knew I, I knew I was sensitive. I didn't know I was, I did, I had the trait of sensory processing sensitivity, right? So I was always called sensitive from like day one in my family. Uh, I come from a family of a ton of extroverts. I'm also introverted. So I'm like an introverted sensitive, right? Uh, and I was kind of the oddball in that everything impacted me. I, the emotions of everyone, the energy of a space, the smells, everything. And it didn't impact my parents the same way. It didn't impact my siblings the same way. And so I got a lot of teasing and a lot of kind of, um, not mean names, but like, for example, I was called princess, you know, and it wasn't said in a very kind manner. It was kind of like a negative undertone to that. And, uh, and so I knew growing up that I was 
particular is the word that my mom used a lot. And I just kind of said, okay, I just, you know, whatever. Like, I just, I don't know what to do with this. And so I just pretended, I pretended that I was fine all the time. And then when I, gosh, I think it was, I want to say like 2016, 2017 is when I uncovered Dr. Lane Aaron's work. And I was reading through, I think I first took the quiz and I was like, oh my gosh, I like, yes to everything. <laughs> and I had my husband, he read through it and he was like, wow, wow, there's more of you. There's more people like you out there. <laughs> so <laughs> I, that was my first exposure to that, you know, the special trait. And from there, I kind of like, was like, oh, cool. And then tabled it and didn't really do too much with it, but just sort of let it integrate slowly over time. And then as I started uh, diving into what I do now, which is helping people heal, I started attracting a lot of sensitives to me and started educating them on the trait. And then from there, I eventually was like, you know what, that's it. I'm just going to like call it and like own what it is they do. So I just ended up just saying, hey, I'm here to serve, you know, the sensitive community from a health perspective. And so that's basically kind of how I found out about it and wove it into my work. But now I actually uh, have a, I use a different term than highly sensitive person. I actually use the term natural sensitive. It's something I came up with. Uh, I love Dr. Elaine Aaron and I have so much respect for her. So it's not for like saying that term isn't good. Just I personally in the health world where I come from, the term sensitive is used so often for like negative body experiences and something that needs to be fixed hmm. and since highly sensitive person, the trait of sensory processing sensitivity is not something that needs to be fixed. It's an inborn innate trait. That's who you are and it will be with you till you die. And it's a beautiful gift. I didn't want that to be associated with all of these negative connotations with imbalance in the body and disease and such. So I decided for myself and for my clients, and now I've been saying anyone that wants to use it, feel free to use it. Uh, to instead say that we're natural sensitives, meaning that it's innate, you know, it's not something that needs to be changed or shifted. And then sensitivities within the health world, I call developed sensitivity. So something that you gain from, you know, trauma or um, exposure to toxins or just overall stress, you know, causing that in the body. So that's a little, I've already started diving into <laughs> all of the things, um, but there's so much about sensitivity that I'm so passionate about. And I, I love the term natural sensitive because I feel like it has a more positive, happy, healthy, uh, just natural tone to it. And anyone that I started telling about this really, really liked it. So it's kind of been a little grassroots spreading. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like that too, because it does seem like it's natural. That's just how we are. That's kind yeah. of how, how it comes across to me. So yeah, I like that. It's easier to explain to people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it sounds more, I guess, less like a diagnosis type kind of label too. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing. A lot of times, uh, especially if you use the technical like sensory processing sensitivity or whatever people kind of 
assume that you're on like the autism spectrum, which is totally different, right? Obviously, there's some overlap here and there if you get really deep into the sensitive community, but in general, uh, it's not. They're totally separate. And so I think also kind of clarifying that is important as well. Yes. Yeah. And to kind of go back about what you were saying, um, like growing up, how you were called particular, that really stood out to me because my parents 100% (laughs) would describe me as particular. And I don't think anybody else has brought that up on the podcast so far. So (laughs) I really like that you brought that up because I totally forgot about that word. Yeah. Yep. I can relate to that 100%. (laughs) I think it was, yeah, it was their attempt to be nice about it. Like, (laughs) And not because I mean, there's many other words that could be used that are not as nice. And so I think they were trying, that was my parents' attempt to like understand and to try and be like, okay, like she's not just trying to be whiny. She's not just trying to whatever, like clearly this is a common situation that's coming forward for her. So yeah, I'm grateful for that. My parents did their best. They didn't know what to do with me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I can 100% relate to that statement as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What do we do with this girl? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Yes. (laughs) That's one reason why I love having people on here is because somebody that you just met, like we met what, 12 minutes ago and (laughs) our stories like match up fairly well. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's it's like it's like meeting someone from your tribe, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's really really special and I've had lots of conversations and obviously internal processing around like even the concept of using a label and identifying as a sensitive and if it's beneficial or not and all of that and what I've really landed on after years of using it and thinking about it and tossing it and bringing it back is it can be so helpful for connecting with someone else that's similar, helping you to find people that are similar to you. And I don't think any label should ever limit us. Um, It it should never tell you what you can't do. It's Mm -hmm. simply telling you more about who you are and helping other people sort of understand you, you know, giving them something to grasp onto. As much as I don't love that our, our world puts people in boxes, it can help, you know, when you're in a general setting. So it's nice. Like if, if I hadn't owned that I was a sensitive, you know, you and I wouldn't have met and connected and been like, oh, we have something to talk about. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So in that way, it's, it's really a cool gift. I think it can really connect us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love that so many of us, once we find out that we're really highly sensitive and that we accept it, we, kind of use that to help others. And I think that's a really cool aspect of this trait that a lot of us kind of um, present to the world. Yeah, we are. We're here. I always say we're like little aliens because, you know, we want to live in the 4D, 5D world. We don't like to be in the 3D. We don't like to be in our bodies. It's not natural. We feel so weird being trapped in these like limbs and bones and stuff. We want to be up in the ethers. But the reason that we're here, the reason I feel divinity, God has put us in these skin bags in a way, (laughs) um, is so that we can be a gift to this world. And every single person has a gift to give, but we've identified ourselves as, okay, we are a unique segment of the population of humanity and we have survived, you know, uh, because we're needed because we offer, you know, unique traits and gifts. And a lot of that has to do with being caring, being, um, 
particular. So caring about details, noticing the small things. I always say we're the canary in the coal mine. You know, I will walk into a room and I will smell if there is molds and no one else will know. And I'll be, let's get the hell out of here because this is going to impact everyone, but I'm the only one that can identify it. You know, so we have these giftings. We get to be, it's like we're the scouts, you know, when you're talking about like primal humanity, like we were the scouts, we went out and we could tell like, oh, we can see the tracks. We can notice the change in the air. We can pick up those smells. Like we are those people. And then we come back to the community and say, hey, (laughs) we need to make some shifts here. The community may not like it because they can't identify it, but if the respect, the mutual respect grows, then they start to trust us because they're like, oh, I didn't see that coming and you saw it a mile away. Oh, okay. Even though I can't see it or smell it or hear it or whatever, I'm going to lean on you for that. And that's really what we're meant to be in our healthy state as sensitives is to be that call out. But we... (laughs) I think sensitives in general are really struggling and our world is not built for us. And so unless we choose to actively live differently, we're going to succumb to disease. We're going to succumb to overwhelm, to all these things. Like those aren't our natural states. We're not here to live in overwhelm. That's Mm -hmm. not who we're meant to be. And if you find that that's where you're constantly going, it's a sign that you need to shift your life. And I know that sounds harsh, (laughs) but it's true. Like, that's just the bare fact. Like, we are here to live amongst our fellow humans, but we're not here to live the same as our Mm -hmm. fellow humans. Like, we have to literally change our lives at every level, um, relate differently, schedule differently, sleep differently, eat differently, work out differently, all the things. Like, we can't listen to the general recommendations. They never work for us. Right. So, um, and obviously from my perspective, you know, I found that out in the health world, trying to heal my body the normal ways. I went through all the gamuts, uh, whether it was Western allopathic or even alternative, you know, they're not wired for sensitive. So that's why I really created Miraflor Wellness, my practice, because I was like, there's gotta be someone that is willing to work with sensitives and help them to heal in our unique fashion and the way we go about it. So well that's a great segue into my next question. What is a <laughs> sensitive health guide? Yeah. I made that term up. I make up terms all the time. I have my own language. <laughs> like this word doesn't fully capture. Uh so yeah, so a sensitive health guide is simply someone that is sensitive and is well well equipped to serve sensitives uh with healing their bodies. And so for me, like, I'm just so passionate about helping my fellow sensitives, whether you want to identify with the label of of HSP or natural sensitive or SPS or whatever, um, empath, introvert, uh, I want to help you heal your body, balance your body. And I call that uh, rebuilding resiliency, physical resiliency and calm. And we can get into what those things are and what those mean, but I don't want my fellow sensitives living with autoimmunity. I don't want them living in a state of stress. I don't want them living in a place where they have constant pain or anxiety or depression or all these different labels, diagnoses that simply mean the body's out of balance and they're not living as they're intended to live, as they were created to live. Because if all of the sensitives are taken out, they're not able to live what I just talked about, that big impact, that big role that we're here to play. So I want my fellow 
peers, my fellow sensitives to have the impact, to have that scout role, you know, to be able to step in and create softness and beauty and art in this world, um, to have a big role of leadership or whatever it is you're called to, we're all different, even if we are sensitives. Um, I don't want your body to be struggling and you trying to move through that. It should be in harmony. The body should be supporting you you know, in your, in your calling, in your gifting. And so uh, that's really what I do is I'm a mix of a sensitive mentor. Uh, I don't love the term coach, but <laughs> for, for people to understand what that is, it is similar to a coach. And then I obviously have uh, a lot of training. So I'm a board certified nutritional therapist, functional nutritional therapist. I do labs. I do all the things. <laughs> so I help people actually I'm, I'm really good, uh, at helping people come out of chronic illness. It's a big one for me. Um, but ultimately helping you create the body and therefore then the life that you desire as a sensitive. Awesome. Wow. That sounds like that work is very much needed. Um, so yeah. that's, that's great that you've kind of been drawn to this and, and you work with people on those things. So how can someone determine the difference between being highly sensitive or naturally sensitive and um, having a developed sensitivity? Yay, my favorite topic. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I've given this so much thought and I don't pretend to be, you know, the end all be all expert on this. Uh, so this is based off my own experience as well as a lot of research and then having four years of getting four plus years of getting to be with fellow sensitives and observe them in a clinical setting. So I have a lot of, uh, yeah, just options and opportunities to observe and witness. So how I personally define it is natural sensitivity is the sensitivity that you're born with. So in the womb, as you're being created, as you're coming forward, that trait is established in the brain. And as you come out into the world, it's there. And so from that moment to, until you die, you have this natural level of sensitivity. And for those that are, I'm assuming everyone is familiar with what that is <laughs> because that's your <laughs> podcast. But just as a reminder, what that means is that our brain literally works differently. It processes way more information. So you know, if you and I were to walk into a room, we would take in so much more data than any other person, unless they were also sensitive. So we're picking up on, you know, not just like, oh, there's three people in this room that are talking. It's like, we're picking up on each individual person and whether we're aware of it or not, their vibrational and energetic output, their emotional state, uh, their nonverbal mannerisms. Uh, the smell of each person that creates a mix of smells, the feeling of the entire room when these three people come together, the the lighting, the sound, the um, how we feel mixed in with all of that, our anticipation. Our, there's so much that we're processing in one moment and so many details that we pick up on that we don't even realize we're doing or we don't even realize is not common or normal. And so that is really unique. And that is just part of who we are. Now, you can turn the dial up or turn the dial down on that. So you can really ramp that up to the point where you get overwhelmed and overactivated. And I'll talk about this more later, but that causes what I, what I call the alarm state, the alarm mode in the body. Or you can have really healthy boundaries, good awareness, step in with a grounded state and remain in your calm state as you enter 
but either way, you're still going to pick up on a lot of that information. It's your choice if you want to process it in that moment or not. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, a later on more advanced uh, kind of approach or technique to life. So that is natural sensitivity or what Dr. Elaine Aaron calls highly sensitive person or sensory processing sensitivity, right? And then we have developed sensitivity. And this is on top of that. So let's talk just about sensitives for right now. As sensitives, we all have this foundation, right? So think of like the foundation of a house as our natural sensitivity. Then we go out into the world. You know, we enter into our families. We enter into school. We enter into work. We have all these exposures to different people. And we have experiences that cause trauma in our body. And whether that is, you know, just a truly capital T trauma, like sexual abuse, or it's a lower T trauma where it's, you know, we're in a, a moment where we feel really hurt or overwhelmed or confused by something. And it really causes a strong alarm or autonomic nervous response in the sympathetic, which is, I call the alarm mode, uh, response. And so then it stores that memory and it becomes trauma. Um, we also have, you know, exposure to toxins or we take a bunch of antibiotics or we, uh, have a really, really high stress family. And that causes, you know, gut imbalances and emotional turmoil in our, our stomach and, and causes alkaline <laughs> an alkaline stomach. And that can cause all sorts of issues. So my nerd is coming out, but <laughs> bottom line, you can de develop sensitivities. You can develop sensitivities to smells. You can develop sensitivities to foods, right? Um, to chemicals. And that is what I would call a developed sensitivity. You can also develop sensitivities to people and to environments, right? But this is on top of that foundation. So you can see how <laughs> for a normal person, they don't have that foundation. So they come into the world, happy campers, and then they have their developed sensitivities, which in our world right now, we call trauma or health imbalances. We have all sorts of diagnoses, right? Labels. So you either get a trauma label or you get a, a health disease label. <laughs> like those mm -hmm. are the developed sensitivities. But if you're sensitive, you come into the world already with this foundation of sensitivity. And then on top of that, you can add all these layers of developed sensitivity. So now we have, let's go back to the sensitive person. We have someone that has layers upon layers upon layers of sensitivity. That's kind of the normal sensitive human. And when I'm working with someone or someone's processing their own healing work, they're going to need to clear that developed sensitivity. That is something that is not natural, that is not healthy, that is not something they want to hold on to. So, you know, you should move through trauma. You should help clear your body and release yourself of those sensitivities. But you may still find that even after you do that, you're still sensitive. And that's really kind of a fun journey, actually, because you get to see, I, I have had the opportunity of doing this with clients, getting to see when they get down to their foundation what sensitivities are natural or developed. And so you don't really know until you work through the developed sensitivities. Like I have clients that they're like, oh yeah, I have this crazy strong sense of smell. And then we clear their liver and their gut is rebalanced. And they're like, oh, my sensitivity of smell has dropped dramatically. Is something wrong with me? Am I not a sensitive? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> First of all, you don't, you know, this obsession with the label, we, we can drop that. But at the same time, there is just because you're sensitive doesn't mean you're always going to have a strong sense of smell. 
like every sensitive is sensitive in their own unique way, you know? So let's just come back in, you know, do you still feel like you can pick up on everyone's energy or their emotions or their whatever? Oh yeah, for sure. Then you're still, <laughs> those are, that's your sensitivity, you know? Um, just because you don't have a strong sense of smell doesn't mean you no longer are sensitive. It just means that that sensitivity specifically for you was a developed sensitivity. Like for me, I have always had a crazy strong nose, like from day one. <laughs> um, and when I'm in a state of unhealth, like I had major mold exposures, part of my healing journey, my sense of smell uh, increased even more. So I can tell now, I know the difference between, okay, I do have a strong nose, but it's also been enhanced because of these toxicities. So when I clear that it's less strong, but it's still much stronger than like the average human, you know? So you kind of get to see these fun, uh, wax and wane kind of percentage growth that can happen when you, uh, move through the different healing layers. But does that make sense? Or did I just nerd out on you? Yes. (laughs) It it makes sense. It makes sense. (laughs) I like when people nerd out. I think that's fun. So don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's sometimes it can feel a bit murky to know like what is a developed sensitivity? What is a natural sensitivity? And my advice is don't stress about it. Like just pursue healing in general. If you don't feel well, you know, if there's something that you, you want to feel stronger in, you want to feel more robust, like you have resiliency, then pursue health and you'll see naturally what just falls away and what stays. Like you don't have to label it beforehand or um, for anyone that's kind of type A and I don't know if you're into human design, but um, they're like a one or anything like that uh, where they're really, or Enneagram, Enneagram ones and threes uh, that are very like, I gotta know, like I gotta know every single thing about myself before I even move through it. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's okay to not know. And to just like, see it more as a concept that is interesting to observe and witness as you move through your healing journey and to kind of just observe, you don't have to figure it out from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that we can heal our bodies without overwhelming our bodies? Mm, So as sensitives, our first response is typically overwhelm to really any kind of change. So I do want to be honest and say you may experience overwhelm and that doesn't necessarily mean that the healing modality or therapy is wrong, but what it does mean is that you need to work with someone that understands that and can match it and doesn't gaslight you or tell you to get over it or to get thicker skin. There's so many, so many things that And it's not because the practitioner is mean. It's because they just absolutely don't understand. (laughs) They have no, no idea. And even if they're empathetic, I've had, I've worked with so many different doctors and healers and practitioners in my own lifetime for my own journey. And I've, I've met some really empathetic, beautiful, sweet souls that tried their hardest, but they just didn't get it because they weren't sensitive, naturally sensitive. Um, They were empathetic. You can be an empath and not be a natural sensitive to make that uh, distinction. And so I think it's important that you do partner with someone. It doesn't have to be me, but someone that is very aware. And usually it helps if they're sensitive themselves or they've received a lot of training around it. But even that can be a little tricky because <laughs> uh, they may just not fully understand it. 
Um, and then the second that I do with my clients is that we always approach capacity first. So I always determine what my individual client's capacity looks like. And by capacity, I think about adrenal health. So let's start getting into the body a little bit. For me, when I'm thinking about capacity and thinking about resiliency, stress resiliency, the ability to move through stressful situations and the stressful situation is defined by how you view it. Not if anyone else thinks it's stressful, right? <laughs> but if you uniquely view it as stressful, because for me, you know, working with clients, there might be something I'm like, oh, this is super easy, but they're like, oh my gosh, that's so, I can't do that, you know, or that's so overwhelming, or they just, they're like, oh yeah, sure. And they're playing nice. And then they don't do anything, you know, <laughs> I'm like, what happened? Uh, but it's because they don't have capacity around it. They're overwhelmed by it. And so when we start to, I, I try to develop very intimate personal relationships with my clients. And so we're communicating all the time. It's not just like an appointment and see you in a month. Um, I work very, very intimately with my clients. So we're in constant conversation and uh, I right away figure out where they are blocked and where they're overwhelmed. And we go slow for one. And for two, we work on their adrenal health. And what that does, it is allows them to feel more grounded and to be able to feel steady and stable as a change comes at them. <laughs> Uh, instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm going to drown. Like that's so overwhelming. There's so many things to think about. And that's also the beauty of having a partner on your healing journey. If you're trying to do it yourself, I'm a major independent person. Like I love to figure things out by myself. I really don't like anyone, you know, getting involved in something personal with me. So I totally understand for anyone that's listening, that's like, I can figure it out. Like I see you <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. If health is what you want to do with your life, if it's not, if you're called to something else, then you need to delegate that because it's going to take over your giftings. And so I think it's important to kind of understand, like, is this a part of who I want to be? Like for me, it's literally my calling. Like I've had through astrology, Enneagram, human design, like all these different things have just affirmed time and time again, I'm here as a healer. So I was like, fine, <laughs> you know, I get it. Uh, so it was good for me actually to like work on healing myself a lot. But if that's not what you're here to do, like don't spend time doing that. Get a partner to help you move through it. Delegate some of this. Like that's the other thing is, we try to do it all as sensitives because technically we can, but the cost is that we burn ourselves out and our capacity shrinks. So we are able to do so much. We're really powerful beings as long as we know where we need to spend our time and what to delegate. So that's a big one. That's a whole conversation about boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. But Back to health, uh, focusing on adrenal health. So the adrenals are the little glands that live above your kidneys. So if you feel your back kind of on either side of your spine, you have your kidneys and your adrenals on top. They're like little, little heads on top of the kidneys. And these little glands are so important for releasing your stress hormones, cortisol, norepinephrine, epinephrine. And while we have a lot of negative language around, you know, high cortisol and all of that, you do actually need it. And what I've seen with most sensitives is that they're actually depleted of cortisol. They're actually depleted of their uh, neurotransmitters that help respond to stress. So when we're young, we over-respond and we tend to 
overreact, you know, to things because we're so triggered. But what happens is that we're burning out our resiliency in that. And then when we get to about like 20s to 30s, we start to be completely depleted. And that's when all the diseases start to roll in. All of the imbalances start to roll in. We feel so exhausted. We're just burnt out is the word that everyone uses, right? And we don't have capacity. We can't take anything else on. And then the overwhelm is just drowning us. So it's it's really, really challenging. Uh, but once we start to rebuild those adrenals, everything starts to open up again. And I do that not just directly through like adaptogens or adrenal supports, but also I do a neurotransmitter panel with my clients. So I get to look at their brain and get to see like, okay, how well are you converting, you know, all of your beautiful neurotransmitters like dopamine, uh, you know, is something that we always talk about of bringing calm and ease and happiness and joy. Well, you can actually have too much dopamine. And if it's not converting to norepinephrine and epinephrine, those are your neurotransmitters that help you respond to stress. So you can actually be blocking yourself from stress. And that's like a nutrient depletion and uh, methylation issue and things like that. Again, I digress, but long story short is when we balance all of those different layers of who we are as sensitives, when we really rebuild that stress response, we're able to move through things that previously would have overwhelmed us would have been too much. And so I don't feel like you can dive into stuff like gut work or dive into um, hormone rebalancing or anything like that without building up, opening that capacity first, uh, especially the way I do it, because I don't mess around like in six months, I want you healed, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, we're getting it done. We're not doing years and years and years of dragging this out, which a lot of practitioners do, um, not purposefully, but that's just how they're trained. So for me, like I want to be as efficient as possible with the healing process because I want you as a sensitive to come in, to share what's going on, to have your capacity grow within a couple of weeks. And then we dive in and do really powerful work. And then you're off and anything that's remaining in your body, your body can actually heal and resolve itself. So um, that's kind of like a little snapshot. <laughs> <laughs> of what it looks like. Uh, but sensitives, the number one thing when you're working with a practitioner is to make sure that they understand who you are, they respect who you are, and that they help you rebuild your capacity. They help you rebuild your nervous system response. And I can go into that more if you want, but um, that's kind of the general and main takeaways. I I was thinking about a time a few years ago when I was working full-time as a therapist and I went to the doctor because, well, I think it was for my um, annual physical, mm -hmm. but I told her I'm exhausted all the time. I just feel really burnt out and I'm not really sure what to do. I mean, I'd like to keep working full-time. I just, you know, I don't know what to do. And she said, would you like me to prescribe you an antidepressant? And I said, I'm not depressed. Like I've been there, done that. I know what that yeah. feels like. <laughs> I'm not depressed. I'm, I'm burnt out. And I'm just wondering yeah. if there's something I yeah, can like, do I'm... like health wise, you know, to, to kind of help with that. And I just felt like, mm. <laughs> where, where do, what do I, where do I even go from here? What am I supposed to do? So then I, 
I made an appointment with a homeopathic doctor mm. and then COVID happened. So I never ended up seeing them. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then now I, I work from home. I work on my own schedule. I can space clients out, work whatever hours. So that has drastically helped. But I just, when you were talking, it just reminded me of that and how I felt like you don't understand at all where I'm coming from. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. So the work that you do, I think, is so, so important because, yeah, for us sensitives, I think most doctors just don't understand where we're coming from and they just can't because I'm sure they don't in in um, my master's program, you know, as becoming a therapist, you don't learn about this trait. I'm sure doctors don't learn about this either. No. <laughs> No, they don't. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think what's challenging is like, I could talk for hours about our medical system and uh, you're in the US too, right? Right. Yeah. So our medical system is just so screwed up mm -hmm. and I have so much compassion actually for doctors and for nurses, PAs, uh, because 90% of them want to help. Like it really is most of them, they wouldn't have gone into this field. They're not making much money. I don't know if anyone realizes that most of them are in debt. They're not making much money. They're killing their bodies. They're overworked. They're so stressed and their entire lives, their entire practice is driven by insurance companies. Mm -hmm. So they don't have much say, and they really can't do much other than what training they received decades ago. That's super outdated and old. They don't have much flexibility unless they leave insurance uh, completely, which is, you know, what a lot do. A lot of like people that go into the alternative, quote unquote, healing space is just doctors that are like over it. Like they're over being told what to do because they just want to help people. And they also realize that the current medical model is totally not helpful. It's, you know, it's wonderful for emergency services. Like, don't get me wrong on that. Like, praise God for ERs and all of that. But when it comes to preventative medicine, when it comes to functional health, there's so little there for allopathic medicine to offer you. And so for me, I always say that is a big way, especially for sensitives that we need to live differently. We can't look at doctors and expect them to do something they were never trained in. Mm -hmm. We can't look at doctors and expect them to help in a way they were never able to. They've literally been trained how to understand the body in parts. And then from there, literally what box to check to give what drug, like that's it. That's all they know how to do. Some of them do some extra training and they might have some lifestyle tools, um, but that's extra training. Like they have to go and seek that out. And most of them don't have the time to do that. But Fortunately for someone like me, that's completely out in the wild and gets to do whatever the hell she wants. <laughs> I get to call the shots. Um, I have so many, I have, I'm drowning in resources for everyone. And it just breaks my heart that this isn't known. And that's why I've started being like, I need to get on podcasts and talking about this. So like amino acid therapy is one of the biggest things that I do um, with my clients, my sensitives, especially, but it can work for anyone. So anyone that's listening, if you have a partner, a kid, uh, it's basically a way to balance the brain, to balance mood without having any addictive substances, without having any side effects. It's natural, it's neutral, and it's something that you come off of as soon as your body is uh, nourished and and fully at its max potential. So it's really not hard. Like I can change someone's mood in like 30 minutes or less 
if I know exactly what it is they need. And I can use lab testing for that. And I'm at a point now where I can even kind of feel it out sometimes or I just know, but it's, there's so many natural, healthy resources out there. Please do not feel like you have to go on medication if you don't want to. If you want to, totally fine. Absolutely go that route, but know there's going to be massive side effects and you're going to cause other issues that may be even worse than what you're trying to solve. So it's, you know, some of us have to learn through through trial and error. I'm one of those people, so I get it. <laughs> like everyone says, don't go walk through that door. And I'm like, I got to walk through the door. <laughs> so if you need to go that route, I understand. But just know, uh, you know, I'm going to be cocky and say when it doesn't work, <laughs> there's other options. So it's, it's tricky, but you can't look at your doctor and expect them to know about that unless they're like a functional MD um, or they're outside of the insurance model. Uh, those doctors are gold, you know? Um, but like, for me, I, I don't even have to, uh, answer to like a licensing. So I don't have the fear that a lot of doctors, natural doctors have of losing their license and not being able to practice. I'm board certified. I have everything else other than a license, but because I don't have a license, I get to really help people at an even deeper level, which is really powerful. Um, because I, I'm not going to lose my job, you know, necessarily if I, tell someone, you know, something that the licensing, uh, you know, department wouldn't want them to say. So it's pretty cool, but there's, there's just so much like homeopathy is a beautiful way to support, um, with sensitives. We don't always have to go the hard and heavy route, you know, uh, flower essences are another really powerful way. I love, love, love flower essences. If you're familiar with box flower essences, it's something anyone can pick up at a, a health food store near them or order online if you don't have a store near you and you're in more of a rural area. And it's so gentle. There's no side effects and you can teach yourself how to use it. That's literally the whole goal of the therapy is to like self-treat um, because you can't hurt yourself. It works for babies, elderly, anyone, and there's no contraindication. So you can take it alongside anything, but, uh, yeah, amino acid therapy where you're using specific like, uh, amino acids to help promote neurotransmitter balance is really, really cool. Um, and then nutrients in general, I'm a nutritional, oops, I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. So, you know, I'm all into the nutrition as well. <laughs> But uh, even just with food, you can make such big changes. Food is so powerful. Unfortunately, here in our country, our food is so poisoned that even if you're eating organic, regenerative, all of that, it's still, there's still issues. Um, but you do the best you can. And that's why I'm actually a big believer in supplements, because I really feel like we, especially the Americans, need it. Maybe in Europe, you could get away with not taking supplements. Um, but I also have found personally, just, I feel amazing when I'm taking quality, effective supplements, because not all supplements are the same in like, in no way are they all the same. And I will say this, you do have to usually, um, invest in good quality supplements. If it's cheap, it's cheap for a reason. It's usually a lot of like rice filler and things like that. So you can really waste your money on supplements and that is another benefit of working with a practitioner that knows what they're doing is they can connect you with quality, quality brands. But yeah, there's so much hope. There's so much hope and there's so many options. So if you're listening and you're feeling discouraged, please know that there is, uh, even if it's overwhelming, <laughs> find someone that can help you and know that there's a lot, a lot of hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is so awesome. I'm so glad you came on here. You brought so much <laughs> great information that 
I nobody else has brought to the podcast yet. So I really hope this connects you with with more people who are looking for help from someone like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so is there anything else that you'd like to bring up that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, you know, I think it's really important to understand the nervous system. So it's really trendy right now on Instagram to talk about, you know, regulation and understanding the nervous system and all of that. Um, but I think I still want to cover it a little bit just so we understand because as sensitives, it's really, really key. So within your body, you have an autonomic nervous system, and that is basically uh, unconscious. So it, you know, allows your heart to beat, allows you to uh, improve circulation, all these different things that you're not really thinking about your lungs expand, digesting food, you know, uh, your cellular detox, like all of that's just happening right now, right? Like you and I are just sitting here and our bodies are functioning and we're not even aware of it. And we tend to forget like how miraculous these bodies are, especially if, you know, anyone's dealing with a lot of health imbalances or in a chronic illness situation, it's so easy to forget what is working well, what is healing actively. And we just focus on the blocks, you know? So we've got to remember that we have this nervous system that's working for us. Now within the autonomic nervous system, we have a sympathetic side and a parasympathetic side. So there's two, it's like an on and off switch in a way. It's like one side to another side. So you can't have both of them going at the same time. You're either in your parasympathetic nervous system or you're in your sympathetic nervous system. So you're flipping between the two and that's actually healthy. You don't want to be only in one forever. <laughs> uh, your sympathetic is here to help you respond. And I'm sure everyone's a, you know a familiar with this term of fight or flight, that state that is your sympathetic. I call it your alarm state because a lot happens there, but it's basically like your body's emergency setting. It's like all of the whirling lights go on, grab the oxygen mask, things are happening, we're going down. You know, it's that mode where the body's like, ah. And so everything, all the blood flows into the center of the body. You get ready to run. Like there's everyone's body responds a little bit differently, but the main thing is that the body focuses on survival. It's all about survival. Forget about healthy hormones because we're your body only cares about hormones if you're about ready to produce. Like our body's very primal. It doesn't care if you want to have nice skin. It's like, no, your hormones are so that you can have babies, you know, because um, it's all about, you know, reproduction. So if you're in an emergency state, the body's like, forget it. Like we don't care about hormones. Like we don't care about all these other things. We don't care about digestion. Just like get any food that's in you out. And you're going to forget that you're even hungry, you know, after that, we're just focused on surviving and we're going to heighten your brain and you're going to get almost kind of obsessive and super, super focused. So that's what happens when you're stuck in that sympathetic side. Uh, and that can be triggered. It used to be in the primal days triggered by true emergencies, right? Where like someone's coming at you with a sword or like you're literally about to get eaten by an animal or something. <laughs> um, but nowadays, we don't really deal with those kinds of things. Uh, we have the rare moment, you know, where a car is coming at us or something. We really feel it. But as sensitives, what it looks like more is our everyday, where we are in that heightened state of awareness is a good way to describe it, where we feel overwhelmed. And overwhelmed can actually be kind of on both sides. But we feel overactivated is a word I like to use where it's just like, ah, my whole body is like buzzing and I'm just like, I can't settle down. 
Uh, that's sympathetic. And we're not meant to live here because if we're constantly either triggering the sympathetic or living in the sympathetic, we're not doing all those things that the body does when it's in the parasympathetic, which we haven't talked about yet. But in the sympathetic, we don't digest. We don't detox. We don't recover. We are simply surviving. So if we're living in this area of our body, if we're living in this state, we are going to create disease in our body. It's just a matter of time. And for sensitive, it, it usually happens pretty early. We usually hit it around our 20s, if not sooner. We start to see it in our probably around puberty, and then it starts to grow and manifest. And a lot of us end up with autoimmune conditions. A lot of us end up with unknown mixes of numerous diagnoses because the doctors don't know what to do with us. Um, and for some of us, maybe we're, you know, choosing not to label, but we know we deal with a lot of anxiety or depression or different things like that. So ideally we want to be living on the other side of the nervous system, which is the parasympathetic. And I call that your calm mode. So when I talked about in the very beginning about how I'm all about building calm in the body, what I'm talking about is building the state of rest, the state of digest, the state of rejuvenation and recovery and detox. These are all the functions that we want to have happening all the time. And this is where we really want to live most of our life. We want to have a healthy state here and then have the capacity to occasionally jump over to the sympathetic, to the alarm mode when we actually need it. Not when we're just walking into a room and there's a strong fragrance or walking into a room and there's a person that triggers us or walking into a room and there's a test we're taking, you know, like whatever it is, that's overwhelming you. Um, we don't want to be constantly, constantly going over to that alarm mode. So it's teaching ourselves how to curate because it is intentional how to curate that calm state because uh, most of us as children weren't taught how to do that. And because unlike quote unquote normal humans, <laughs> we get pulled out of our calm state really easily by the way our, our current world is set up. Uh, we don't have someone to say, Hey, no, that's, you can come back over here. It's okay. It's safe. Right. That's really what it is. The calm mode is the safe mode. Uh, just like the alarm mode is the emergency survival mode. So it is a lot about teaching the body that it's safe and that can be both mental work and physical work, which both I do. But when the body is able to cultivate and curate that calm state on a regular basis, healing just happens. Like we don't even have to do much. We're just here to kind of like continue that state. The body is so brilliant and so powerful. And oftentimes all we have to do is be that catalyst to bring it back and then it can take over. And so I think a lot of times, especially if you've been dealing with chronic illness, you feel like your body is your enemy. And as sensitives, we feel so uncomfortable in these 3D bodies that we just kind of want to escape them. We want to live in our minds and we want to live even beyond that sometimes. Uh, and we get frustrated and annoyed with this body that just is getting in the way. And why doesn't it just function the way I want it to function, you know? Um, but really, like, we are our body. Like, we're all one. It's, it's one big function. And it, the body is here to help us. It's trying its best to heal. And it's trying its best to support. But it does require a lot of cultivation and a lot of uh, honoring what the body needs. And the sensitives, when I talk about living differently, that's literally all it is, is it's honoring what you uniquely need, not even any other sensitive, but understanding who you are, 
Like, why is Jesse here? What is, what are Jesse's giftings? What is Jesse's purpose? What is Jesse's body? What are the messages I'm receiving from my body? That's a new one. Sometimes people have to reconnect is the term I use because we all disconnect, reconnect to the body to understand what it's saying. And then to use that to build a life that matches it. That's authenticity, right? We use that word so flippantly. Now I have a podcast called authentically calm. Um, but now it's like, you know, an old word, but really that's what it is. It's living in your essence. I personally believe that everyone was created to live a certain way. And if we dishonor that in order to please other people, right. In order to fit in, in order to be accepted and loved in order to uh, not be rejected, the ultimate, (laughs) then we're going to find ourselves in a state of disease and frustration and depression and overwhelm. But if we choose to slowly over time, start honoring who we are, and that starts with getting to know who you are, you'll start to see your life smooth out. It's like the wrinkles just kind of start to smooth out. And you're never going to be like that person that is not empathetic or sensitive. You're never going to be them. So that's not the goal. The goal is to be the healthiest version of you that you can be. And there's so much potential in that. So understanding when your body is in the alarm state, which it's expressed differently for each person and understanding when your body's in that calm state and choosing to just notice and actively pursue more of that calm state. It's as simple as that. And then you get to choose the tools, the methods, you know, get to play with all the different ways. There's, I mean, we could spend hours talking about all the ways to cultivate your calm mode, but uh, it just, it comes back to that nervous system function. So I think as sensitives, honoring our calm mode is really how we build health, sustainable health in the body. Wow. I love that so much. <laughs> I, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. That's awesome. I, I really agree with, with what you said about listening to what you need and kind of following that path and how things tend to smooth out because I have found that for myself over the past few years. And I had somebody on, I think one of the first few episodes, um, Sophie, if anybody listened to that episode and she talked about really just following her gut and doing what she felt like she needed and wanted to do and how her life just kind of smoothed out after that point. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really amazing when you do take the time to really listen to your yourself and figure out what you need or what parts of you you haven't been listening to and honoring and really honoring those. Yeah, just where that can take you in life. Absolutely. And there's so many ways to kind of reconnect to yourself and people call it intuition, gut instinct. Um, I'm really into human design. So I don't know if you've heard of that system, but I'm an emotional authority. So for me, it's how I feel, what feels right, which is very counterculture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's a fun one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's tuning into you the uniqueness of you and honoring that. And as sensitives, we're taught from a very young age to not trust ourselves mm-hmm. because if, especially if you didn't have anyone else that was sensitive around you or they were conditioned really hard, they're going to tell you that what you're feeling and experiencing is wrong. Like you're crazy. That's not here. You're seeing something that's invisible. You're making this up in your head. You're being overdramatic, all these things. And so when you hear that from ages zero to eight, as you know, like those are the establishing years. So if that's all you're hearing, 
then you immediately say, okay, I can't trust the messages I'm receiving from my body. Clearly these are incorrect. There's something wrong with me. So I'm just going to copy every single person around me that appears to be succeeding or appears to be accepted. Maybe it's a sibling like, oh, they they did that. So, and my parents love them. So now I need to do that or I need to be that way or, you know, whatever it is in your life, you're, you're out to just be a little chameleon and to just follow but the problem is that none of those people actually know how you're meant to live. And so you automatically get pulled out of, you know, your natural design, your natural rhythm. And that creates frustration, disease, confusion, feeling lost. And so it is about coming back in and regaining that trust so that you can hear the messages because it's, like I said, the volume, it can be turned really down to where you can't even hear yourself anymore. And getting quiet is a big part of it. Using systems like Enneagram, human design, astrology, counseling, whatever it is that works for you, it doesn't even matter, but helps you to just kind of cement, okay, this is who I am. I'm going to start leaning into that and trusting that. And uh, I have a practice that I created called the reconnection. Um, and it kind of came out from doing all the things like acupuncture, acupressure, Reiki, meditation, hands-on healing, all sorts of stuff just kind of merged into this practice that I do. It's really simple, but I just place my hands on my body over certain areas uh, for about 15 minutes. And I have this whole like uh, thing that I work through, but what it does is just helps me remember like, oh yeah, I'm a 3D human being in this body and this is what matters and it quiets me down and it tunes me in um, into my physical body so I'm not living in my mind because my mind is where I hear the voices of other people. My mind is where I can get pulled into copycatting and living outside of my design and just fitting into the culture around me. I've, it's cleared a lot over the years and I, my goal is over time, you know, to have that be even a safe space, but there's still, to be honest, there's still a lot of voices in my head that I have to navigate and my body doesn't have that. My body mm. just knows it's like, yes, no, <laughs> like it's very clear. Uh, and so if I tune into the body and I can, you know, gently release my mind, everything starts to align and work out. And so I think if, whether you use something like my reconnection practice or meditation, or um, there's so many different ways, you know, find what works for you and come back into your body because everything will start to be more clear. The, the fog will lift a little bit and it'll just, you'll get to see at least one step in front of you and then the next step and then the next step and then the next step. And eventually, you know, you'll start to have like, oh my gosh, there's blue skies and I, it's sunny and I know where I am. And no one knows the future. No one knows everything, but to have more clarity is possible, I believe. So that's a big part of it too. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how can people connect with you? Yeah. Well, I am on Instagram somewhat hesitantly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you can find me at Merfleur Wellness. That's M-E-R-F-L-E-U-R -E Wellness. And I also have a podcast called Authentic Calm. And uh, I have a practice. So I work with people one-on-one -on -one at MerfleurWellness.com. And I also have a method. So my one-on-one -on -one care uh, just recently became very exclusive. So um, in order for me to protect my own resources, but also have the depth of impact that I know I can have. 
so it's not available for everyone. I understand that, but if that's something you want, if you want to really heal your body and you have some serious things going on, I highly recommend it. And if not, if you're just kind of dabbling in and you want to get to know your body better, you, you know what I'm talking about, my reconnection practice or understanding your nervous system or enhancing digestion, all those kinds of things. I created something called the authentic calm method. So that's something that is very reasonably priced and you can step in and I, you can use it in 35 days. I say 35 days to a calm, resilient body, but you can also take your sweet ass time. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm a slow mover. So like I, you know, you can take it's, it's lifetime access. You can use it as long as you want. Uh, but the tools in there are what I use with my one-on-one clients just in a method setting. So for anyone that's like me, that I'm easily impacted by other people helping me. So like if I go to get acupuncture or I go to get Reiki or I even sit with a practitioner in office, I immediately have to work through codependent issues. I have to worry about like loyalty and like all these, you know, and respecting them, but also respecting my body and like all these things. It can get really tricky, you know, when you're still kind of wavering on those boundaries. And so the method allows you to kind of be your own healer. It empowers you to be able to just listen. I have audios and videos in there and you can use them at your leisure. So it's three layers. There's the reconnection, which is what I just described. It's like this beautiful body meditation. That's so much more than that, but I don't have time to explain it. And then the rhythm is layer two. And that's where we talked about understanding who you are, helping you to go back to like, okay, who was Jesse before all this these layers, all this influence came into my life and I was conditioned to use human design terms. So I have, you know, a couple of different guides in there to help you just come back into who you actually are. So once you're reconnected to your body, you know who you are, at least the base, then you can step into layer three, which is uh, a huge library of sensitive, safe remedies. So I have beginner, I'm adding an intermediate now, and then I'll have advanced levels. So I'm basically teaching you how to if you want to use supplements, if you want to uh, know how to help with detox or digestion, like it's all in there. So it's kind of cool. It's a lot of the foundational stuff that I use with my one-on-one clients and I just wanted to offer it to empower people. So if any of this is resonating, like that's the place to go. Um, and it's, it's so, so cool. So, and if this is just new, um, my podcast is a really cool place to go. So we have a lot of conversations on there, more just about sensitivity in general. Um, and yeah, just kind of moving through what it's like to be sensitive. I shared last year, I shared a ton of vulnerable episodes of like mid processing emotions and things like that, that I think not too many people do. Maybe you probably do on this podcast, but not many people do on their podcast because it's like very vulnerable. But I just, that's part of my journey is to embody um, what I'm doing and to share from a place of emotion, which is like very counterculture, but uh, it's needed for us as sensitive. So that's kind of where you can connect with me and follow along if any of that interests you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here and for all of the resources and knowledge that you offer everyone listening. So I've really, I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. You can help support the show by taking a minute to rate and review it, share a favorite episode with a friend, or go to patreon.com slash highly sensitive podcasts.